Well, with Oregon off to the Big Ten, that can't mean anything but good news on the recruiting front. But is it that much of an impact? I think it's minimal. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show. Appreciate all of you out there who helped us get to 3,000 subs on YouTube before the season started. So now we got to get to 4,000 by the time the season ends, but can't do that unless all of you watching right now subscribe to the channel. We've got Brian Smith here today, our Locked On Recruiting Insider at the network at FBScout underscore Florida on Twitter if you want to follow him over there. Let's get right into it, Brian. I I don't think it's a negative on the recruiting front for Oregon going to the Big Ten. I, I think it's a positive, but anyone expecting cataclysmic shifts in Oregon's recruiting potential, I think is getting their hopes up for for nothing because I look at the landscape of recruiting right now and I say, Oregon can already poll kids from Maryland and Texas and Florida and Mississippi or Michigan or all over the place. Does this create a big boost in Oregon's recruiting potential? Big would not be the word I would go with. I would say it's more quality. They're going to be in the backyard of a lot of areas that they weren't before. Uh, the Big Ten, by the way, is such a terrible, terrible phrase now because it's the national conference. It is not the Big Ten. I didn't call it whatever point. they want. But think of it this way. When Lanning and the Ducks go to Rutgers, whenever that happens, they're going to be scouting Philly, New York, D.C., and, and all the air, Camden, all those areas, and there's a lot of ballplayers. You get more eyes on the prize. People see the Oregon gear on the sidelines. This matters. I talk to recruits about this, but they're already going to be there anyway. You go like a day early, especially with for a cross-country trip. I'm not sure. This is something you ought to find out about. What do they plan on? Or if they've even talked about it. When do they plan on leaving? For the Maryland game or the Rutgers game? Those are not friendly. It's a long flight. It's hard on the body, yada, yada, yada. There's all kinds of studies about Pac-12 teams playing in the NCAA tournament on the East Coast and like getting the opening game and doing terrible. So all that stuff. So I bet you they go early. And to do that, they also get the advantage on Thursday they go see recruits, and on Friday they do. You, know, you go to the schools one day and then the next. I think that's the advantage, but it's not going to be quantity. It'll be that dude. The one kid that had an interest, like you mentioned, about Oregon already, they're going to get more information. They're going to be more hands-on. They're going to have more recruiting information because Oregon is freaking there. The local newspaper is going to cover it. No, no. Rutgers is playing Oregon. You have previews, all the websites, et cetera. That's where the benefit is. It's just going to be through osmosis. Even if it's one kid, if it's a four or five star kid, it's a corner. Then the big 10 really helped Oregon. It's not quantity. It's quality. Okay. I I, I like your perspective there. And just to emphasize the point that I made at, at the beginning of this show, Oregon has two kids in this cycle who have committed from Baltimore, Maryland. And Dante Thornton, once upon a time, committed to the Ducks from Baltimore. Those two players, by the way, Ify Obedegwu, the four-star corner, and Michael Van Buren, the four-star quarterback in in the 2024 cycle. But 
you, you, you touched on something I hadn't necessarily thought about before, and that's road trips serving as yes. kind of re- recruiting opportunities. Is oh, that yeah. something that, that takes place often now or you think is going to become more frequent in this weird national conference world of realignment? This has been going on longer than you've been alive. Okay. It's just not talked about. Like, let me put it to you in perspective. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and they recruit nationally. One of the reasons they've often played games in Texas, California, and Florida isn't just because they want to be in those warm weather states. They want to go the day before. Look, Michigan, Ohio State, et cetera, there's reasons for it. They, they book all these packages for fans to go to hotels and the schools make money. Recruiting for the coaches is huge. We're going to be there anyway. Why wouldn't we go 12 hours earlier, go to the high school, get transcripts, find out about the underclassmen, watch some film with the coach? That's been going on forever with Oregon being in the Big Ten. And Oregon's not afraid to play teams anyway, but they'll be playing more in the Midwest and East. Why, Like if you stop in in Northwestern, uh, Chicago has players. This just in. Would you not? Why would you waste the trip and not go scout? Why not? I mean, Oregon recruits nationally. Anyway. What do they sign? Three kids a year from Oregon? Maybe. That's like the that's like the high end. I think that's what I mean. Like they, ironically, like Notre Dame, they have to recruit nationally. The state that they are in just doesn't have enough kids. It's worse than Indiana by far. So you have to go out and get kids. This is an advantage for them logistically. You're going to be in Illinois. You're going to be in Ohio. Ohio, like this is something people don't know. I know this from people on Ohio State staff. They are not hitting that state like they used to because the population has moved further down to where I'm at. They don't recruit as many kids in Ohio. I bet you money there will be an Ohio kid go to Oregon within the next three, four cycles. I guarantee it. Yeah, and they don't have anyone committed from the state of Ohio right now. Uh, the state breakdown for Oregon's 2024 class, there are three kids from the state of Oregon, and I, I can't see that going higher than four uh honestly brian That's a so good, it's a good thing if they can get that many but yeah you're probably right yeah i i, I don't one. think i don't think it'll go beyond four for the state of oregon because like you said there just aren't that many you know high caliber blue chip prospects coming out of uh oregon state high school football but the breakdown for the 2024 class right now seven kids from the state of california i don't expect that to change much especially with usc and ucla being in in our conference as well Going forward, I expect that to stay the same. Three from Oregon, three from Texas, two from Arizona, two from Maryland, one from Alabama, one from uh, D.C., one from Missouri, one from Oklahoma, and one from Washington. So you have, I think, a pretty strong reach, as, as we talked about. Like The Ducks have the ability to, to recruit nationally, but you talked about you know that, that one kid that you might be able to, to play a game in front of or to go talk to when, when you're on the road, make an in-person visit or uh, something of, of that nature because as we know recruiting just doesn't stop 24/7 365. But does it does it how, how much could it potentially elevate Oregon's recruiting potential? Because we saw him get the number six class in 2021. They've been top five at times in 2024. They've since fallen back. They're sitting at number 12 in the 2024 uh, composite rankings on 24-7 sports. Does, does this, I mean, I, I'd say their ceiling was probably a top five class, like absolute best possible outcome in recruiting. It still kind of feels like that's that that that's the ceiling. Like this doesn't mean they can get a number one class easier than they could have before, right? False. False. You only need that one guy. 
the really? end of the recruiting classes. And I just, this is from somebody that's been in those meetings and discusses how the final breakdown will go. If you get one more kid that is a top five, like David Stone, we'll just use him because he's constantly mentioned. You add him yearly, you're going up a couple spots in the rankings conservatively. If you get two of them, you're in the hunt for number one. The bottom, like if you go look at the rankings anytime in the last eight years, it's going to be about four schools that are at the top. We all know who they are. Every year, it's the same little group because they get all the key D linemen. And I constantly mention D linemen on your show. That is not coincidence. You have to steal something from Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. In that, that area of the country, it's awkward as all get out, but that's why they win. They have a monopoly on elite defensive linemen right there in the Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama area where they come from. So if you get somehow you get two of them over, let's just say, a two-year cycle. Out of, they get a kid out of Alabama and they get a kid out of Mississippi or whatever. If those are true, bona fide five-star kids, that's great. If you got them out of Ohio, it doesn't matter where, but now they're getting more travel anyway. It's just going to be easier. They're going to see more kids. They're going to make better evaluations because they're in front of them. This is going to be easier. The, the likelihood of getting that, not numbers again, this is key, elite player. Now, they might change a little bit of where they get kids from and stay. There could be a little of that. It'll probably be a little more Midwest-based, and that's fine. Elite player. They're going, they get to pick where they want to go. Like I talked to David Stone the other day when I was at IMG and I interviewed him, like you're talking to him. He's like over it, but he's overwhelmed because he has so many options. Well, good for David, but you know, if more times you get in front of him, the better. That kind of kid lives in Ohio. That kind of kid lives in Chicago. He just happens to be from Oklahoma. They're going to get more chances at kids like that now because in Oregon, how many elite defensive linemen in your lifetime have there been? From the state of Oregon. From the state of Oregon. Uh, Even one? I honestly don't know. It could be. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to think. The last five-star recruit was a running back, Thomas Tyner, and he, he was, was really good. Really good. He was really, really good. Five-star defensive lineman. I'd have I, I, I'd literally have to think on that one. All That's of our right. best defensive linemen come from California every, right. every, every time. So I, I, I see your point on one guy can can make a jump. I don't, I don't know that Oregon could suddenly pull in a – number one recruiting class in in the country but i think it makes it what maybe 10 to 15 percent easier to oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to get and to get into the top move, five if you look at like use 247 if you look at their classes the difference between number five and number two or whatever you flip like one pretty, five yeah. star kid right if ohio state was two and oregon was five and you flip the best player from the buckeyes to the ducks it's a big jump Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I think I, I think I think that makes a, a lot of sense. I'm really glad that you brought up elite defensive linemen because we have three that that we need to talk about here. One of whom decided to play his college football elsewhere. We do need to talk about an elite product, just like those defensive linemen are elite players. An elite product is eBay Motors because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories. Head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Get the right parts, the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay. 
That is something that rarely happens on this show, Brian. I do a second segment sip every day, but very rarely am I doing it with my morning peppermint tea. But that's what we have because we're recording the show early in the morning, at least where I am. Brian's like in the middle of the day. He's been working for several hours. He thinks I'm a schmuck. But anyway, let's talk about some five-star defensive linemen and players writ large. So Williams Moneri is a guy who we'd mentioned on the show uh, before. One of those top five-star, big-time defensive line recruits that Oregon was chasing in 2024. Felt like they had a chance for for Nunari, Glanning had some uh, historical ties being from uh, the, the the Kansas City area, but never felt like we were you know expected to get him. It was like eh, you know kind of an outside chance. But he ends up choosing Missouri, which I don't think is what anybody expected. So what what do you know about how this recruitment went down? This is a very we could do three podcasts in full on this next little question you asked there and it's for all the reasons that i loathe but it's just the way of the world today with the way nil is and i don't know when situation financially or whatever every state has some legislator trying to stay in office coming up with ways to make his constituents happy hint missouri is the state school they've put in this law that just went into effect from what i'm told and i've only read the clip notes here where if you're an in-state kid and you go to state U, Missouri State University, it, it's made for Missouri football and basketball. Let's not kid ourselves. You can start earning money on like September 1st. So before you even sign, which gives me a billion questions. But again, I'm reading the cliff notes here. So he's committed to Mizzou, so he's eligible to get money. They won on that. That's basically what I've been told. Do you really think that another state and then another state and then another, everybody's going to try to one up each other on this crap? It's not a good trend. It's going to backfire because what happens like Oregon technically, and I don't know if it's still the case, has a visit set with Winery. So think about the following. It's in sometime in September, whatever game it is. Winery visits out in Eugene. That same day, he's making revenue because he's committed to Missouri. Now, how weird is that? I mean, and think about the people that are constituents in Missouri. And is that money coming from the NIL collective? It's so, I don't know exactly all the specific, but it's in-state. Like, there's some kind of collect, and I don't know how it works. I didn't want to know. I probably will never want to know, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of dark money in this crap. And it's going to end badly at some states. There's going to be loss. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, I'm telling you. And he can still take visits. He's committed to Missouri. You know, there's going to be what happens when he what if he decommitted on signing day and signs with Oklahoma and signs with Georgia and signs with Oregon? Does he have to give the money back? How dumb is the governor of Missouri going to look or whoever it put? I have no idea to put this deal together. This opens so many cans of worms that are bad. I can't name them all. I just, Ooh. Hmm. yeah, I, I, uh, and I've been in recruiting in some capacity a very long time. I just don't think this was very well thought out, but here's it, the problem for, if you're Missouri and this is, they're probably like, screw it. I did a study on this recently. The number of kids in that state per capita is really good. Here's the problem. They don't go to Missouri. No, they don't. They get like 30% of the top kids. You're never moving up. In the Southeastern Conference, you're going to get your you-know-what kicked in 
if you don't get more recruits, they're like, look, we're going to try this because nothing else has worked. That's my opinion. That's just Brian Smith's opinion. They're not getting enough kids. Now, again, somebody else, I don't know what state, is going to follow suit in this. I will bet you money it's an SEC state because they care about football more than anything else. Period. I live here. I know. What could possibly lead you to that conclusion, Brian? Ah, gosh. He's <laughs> calling me a crazy ball guy. What do you know? Uh, well, we might do that anyway just for fun. But Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but um, the point is still the same. If the kid wanted the compensation, you don't blame a 17-year-old or the constituents around yeah. you. I get it. But the loopholes, and again, I've only read cliff notes here and been given some verbal from people that knew more than me. What if he does all any of those things or a combination of them after he starts earning money from the collective or say, I don't even know directly. So do you think he'll from. still take an Oregon, the Oregon visit, which is scheduled for September 23rd, which is, I think the, uh, should be the Colorado game. I'd have to, this is where it gets really awful for guys like you and me that just want to watch football. I didn't go to law school because I don't like law, but you have to, for this question, you literally need to read the entire contract. Oh gosh. Because they're not into reading. I'm into talking. Me and you are on the same page. The point is still the same, though. Like that, literally, the entire document. He gets X if he does Y. He gets, you know what I mean? A if he does B. Is there something in there about him not being allowed to take this? Boy, that sounds a lot like an incentives laden contract in the NFL. Well, I mean, if you're, think about it from Missouri's perspective. If you're going to give this kid money and he's going to go to your institution, and let's be honest, it's like state institutions, from what I'm told. We know it's Mizzou. There's other state schools, but it's Missouri. Southeast Missouri State, they're not concerned about it. They can say whatever they want. They don't. It's to keep kids like him at home. It is straight up that way. And here's the other part of this. And I'll just use a, a similar. The state of Texas kind of likes football. They have ridiculous amounts of money there because of oil. It's the richest state in the country by a mile. It's in the continental 40. I don't care what anybody says because... Oil is oil. They have people that want to give all these kids money to stay at Texas and Texas A&M and otherwise. I don't think it was very bright, but the way they set up, and again, this is Cliff Notes, their situation not all that long ago, we can give NIL money, and if you do anything, NCAA will sue you. Like They were just brazen. That is just asking for another state, not the NCAA, to sue you because you're doing an inducement. You're just, I mean, it, it's coming these these are we all know these oh are inducements. we all know they are i'm in the back like there's a kid getting ready to commit i was told was going to get 500 grand a year from a school not total a year and i'm like he's going to get what you know like it's going to change where he goes you know well, the no thing crap. that i the thing that i wonder with that like i understand you got to put money into programs and now you have to play these sorts of games but is there an 18 year old kid that hasn't taken a snap of college football that's actually worth $500,000 a year. Like it just seems we we've had how many times in your in your career has the number 1 overall high school recruiting prospect not worked out? Several times. Yeah. Like there have been many, I think um what was it? Uh the Panthers guy who start Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen was like the top quarterback in in coming out of high school in the country he, he made it to 
Yeah, yeah, A and M. I think he, he made ended up but, transferring. And all yeah, that. exactly. It, it didn't. It, what JT Daniels was a five-star quarterback. He's playing at Rice this year. It's his fourth school. He's been to USC, Georgia, West Virginia, and now Rice. Like, I, I that's what I wonder is if there isn't at some point going to be a market correction because it feels like there's an overpayment. It reminds me of streaming. Everybody got into streaming because it was so big, but then there was too much content. And now they're at the point where they can't make any money. And it just seems to me that it is moving so rapidly in that direction where, you know, I, I, I'm sure some Oregon fans remember, and we're going to get off this in just, just a sec because I know we've kind of exhausted it, but Nico Iamaleava reportedly got a multi-million dollar NIL deal from Tennessee. He was a five-star quarterback that Oregon was looking at for the 2023 cycle. And I was just like, many millions that kid has never thrown a college pass and you're telling me that there are people willing to pony i mean it's their money and all that's but is that is is that a consistently wise investment where you're getting the roi that you want i i just i struggle to see that because as we know there is no perfect way to evaluate football talent the nfl can't do it colleges can't do it five stars whiff every single year every single year like Jordan Birch could be a really good player for the Ducks. He wasn't a full five-star recruit the way he was recruited and hyped up to be at South Carolina. He was a good player. He wasn't a dominant player over there. So I I, I just wonder how all, how all that will go. Okay, uh, we, we have a couple more names to, to talk about here on, on the show. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call a tangent. Uh, and we got off we got off on one. So the five stars that Oregon's going after uh, for for next year. Brandon Baker, number one offensive tackle. Aiden Breeland, top three, five defensive lineman. Both play for the same high school, which is just unfair. Like that, like that's that's not fair. That's it's been that way forever. In yeah, I know, but it's just that's that's unfair. So can you imagine their practices? Be great. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. Just <laughs> <It's> watching <laughs> those two awesome. go at it. Just Never Baker know. against Breeland. Oh man. Okay, so big time players there. Oregon is well in the mix for both of them. Are there any updates on on that front? I've heard a lot of Baker, Texas buzz, but that Oregon's still very much in in the running and that Breland isn't really, really sure yet. But what, what have you heard as of late? That's similar. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm to the point I don't care anymore. I'm not going to hide under the rug. This is all NIL. Wherever those two go, it's going to be NIL. It's not recruiting with those two. There's no political correctness here. I was told on one kid named Breland, there was another school who is not an upfront NIL school that he was high on. And then they told him they weren't going to pay and they got cut. Just out of, just out of the running immediately. That's what's going on. There's a group and I'm going to write an article on it that I'm going to get hammered for pretty soon and, or do a podcast. It's going to be called the NIL schools. Oregon is one of them. And it's um, the NCA has no, you know what, to stop anybody they just want the money this is true and that's yeah that's and that's just the world that's just the world that we live in so it'll come down 100%. to who's who's got who's got the best offer there. now but the good news for oregon fans is we're capable i would think of competing with yeah, I, you just about anybody booster in the history of booster <laughs> yeah it's not um there have been some advantages it it, it turns out um <laughs> Wow, that was that was a great take. <laughs> it's 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 worked out like on on the whole. 
it has gone mostly well. We're just missing one thing, and that's that coveted national championship. But you never know. So that's what it comes down to with Breland. But what what about Baker? Is that more more fluid up in the air? And what what is his timeline looking like? Well, that on both, I've been told it's all over the map. I, I there's some Texas people, and I've worn this for over twenty years. You know they, how they say Texans are overly proud. That is not false. I go there a lot. If anybody thinks he's committing earlier, it's Texas people. Does it really matter? Because do you really think if he, Dan calls, Baker's not taking the phone call? With these kind of situations, if they are NIL kids, there's no such thing as a commitment. That's the other part of this. With the really elite kids, uh, like the kid I mentioned a minute ago, like 500 grand, there's a school he really, really likes, but they don't pay very much up front. It's probably not going to go. That's just that that's that that's just the game. That's like that's that's just the way that this is. I mean, and it's seemingly going to be like that for especially for these high level kids forever, right? The only way it changes is the well, there's two could be a conglomeration. Somebody in Congress who pisses off their constituents throws down on somebody and gets the NCA lights the NCA on fire because the NCA just wants the money. But if you do come down on somebody, you tick off the constituents in that state. It's, if it wasn't for that, that Congress would be more involved with this kind of stuff in the IRS, et cetera. Cause this dark money and all that they ain't getting taxed on that the way they're, yeah, come on. But they no, don't want to take oh, off I people. That I hadn't thought about the IRS. Oh God. Think about they, all the they, payments that go to kids at old school in recruiting. If you catch somebody, do they really want to tick off the person? They may be buying a kid for school X, but they're mm. also supporting your political campaign and elections coming up. Are you going to really set the IRS on them? No. This is this. Is I mean, big well, 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 hold, well, hold on. Just to play devil's advocate here, I have never known the IRS to be an organization that doesn't seek out opportunities to increase the revenue. Because that's kind of their that's kind of their their mission as a government agency. Well, they depending on what you want to believe, they're a little more politically motivated in certain cases too, and they work hand in hand with people. And if they're going to tick off some of yeah, the people that, that, that would get employed, it get it, it is a very tangled web. Yeah, that like that's get, FBI. That like, do, does ESPN know when the FBI is raiding somebody's house? I mean, some of this could have happened. We don't know about it because nobody's there. <laughs> so. Yeah. The well, other the, it, the other thing is like when you're just talking about these large payments to kids mm-hmm. in the form of NIL, at some point, does somebody deem that income? Oh, it, it is. But how much of it is actually being? Right. But if some road. of it is deemed income, they then that be just putting some money back for taxes. And that's right. That. Yeah. That opens 100%. the door. Yeah. Oh, gosh almighty. What a me- what a messy world of college football we live in. I, I told you, this is what I deal with every day. <laughs> You know, I deal with a lot of kids that come from nothing. They don't have the right advice around them a lot of the time. I mean, oh, the, I, that's one thing that I've I've long lamented is I feel like on the recruiting trail, there are, there are people who will get in kids' ears and will give them advice that they will tell them is in their best interest, but is actually in his and his best best interest. And that, that's that, that's unfortunate. Let's Let's end the show with some normal recruiting talk here. So the big news... Uh, a, a few days ago when uh, Dakota Fields committed, I don't remember what day it was, was that he gave a quote 
and you can choose to put as much weight behind it as you like. That well, it was all about the Big Ten move. He flipped from USC to Oregon because it was all about the Big Ten move. And I, okay, like that's that's good and fine. But to to your point, quality is what Oregon will be able to increase with a couple of kids like this. Maybe that is actually how he felt. Maybe it's just fodder for Oregon in the Big Ten move. I don't really know for certain, but he flipped to Oregon from USC. So he's another four-star corner in the 2024 cycle. He is Oregon's uh, one of their five highest-rated commits in next year's class at this point in time. So what what did we just get here in uh, in Dakota Field, Brian? Number one is versatility. Anybody that flips on the film will see a kid that's a striker, but he can cover pretty darn well for a kid that can play corner that has the long arms. I was surprised at how well he changed direction. So that brings up the great, great pondering. Is it free safety? Is it boundary corner? Is it nickel? Is it a combination thereof? That's why Dan Lanning makes seven figures. They'll figure that out once he gets to campus. But that's a great, when you don't know, sometimes it's good. Because I think he can play multiple. How much he wants to pick up the defense and learn wherever the other guy is, that'll lead him more towards free safety. But if he's a guy that just wants to do his own thing, you leave him more corner. Those things take care of themselves after they reach campus. So he has the physical tools to do either, though, which gives the Ducks a very good football player. He should be a multiple-year starter, to be honest. So he has NFL potential. You can't teach his length. So if you get a kid that's six foot or over with length, with his change of direction skills, it's on him to make it to the NFL at that point. It's just about the grind because there's no there's no reason that he should not. So, yeah, that's a good football player right there, my friend. Well, I, I'm interested to see where he would land in Oregon's defensive back rotation because the Ducks are going to lose a couple of players in the secondary after this season, but there are going to be some other guys waiting in the wings. Cole Martin impressed everybody in in the spring game when he showed up a, a freshman four-star corner. You have Dalen Austin and Roderick Pleasant on campus now uh, in, in fall camp who look like they could be players in, in the secondary going forward. You have, I think, TriQuest Bridges has got another year of eligibility. I, I have to, to double-check that. There are, there are a lot of names in, in that room, but it sounds like Fields could certainly uh, be be a player. And, and the versatility component is maybe what's most interesting because yes. you're going to lose Evan Williams at, at free safety and Steve Stevens at free safety after this year, and eventually Dante Manning will be out of eligibility and kids might transfer out, and you just you never know. So I, I like hearing the versatility component because – you know, we run a base defense that's got five defensive backs on the field. So having guys that can kind of move around or at the very least, you know, if he becomes a shutdown cover corner, having the ability to do what we did with Gonzo a year ago, which is have him just shadow the other team's best receiver, playing the slot, playing the boundary to the field side. I, I, I think that's all, all good news for the Ducks. Brian Smith is always good news here on the show. Our Locked On Recruiting Insider at FB Scout underscore Florida on Twitter. Brian, thank you so much as always. Thank you, sir. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and a great weekend. And until then, go Ducks.